0: This week on Dig Me Out
1: meets, You mystery
0: with your hosts Jason Ziak and Tim Menichi.
2: Jay, we're back again with another episode. Thanks to our Dig Me Out Union on Patreon. You can help us make the next episode happen by joining us at dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com. Jay, it's another one of our patron-selected episodes where we dive into a record that we have not heard, usually. Usually. We've been, we've been on a good streak of that happening recently, of yeah. stuff coming at us. We're like, what is this? Okay, yeah, I think, sure.
3: Yeah. The patron picks tend to be like that. I think that's why uh, they're fun. Yeah. They're st- they're usually stuff that you and I would ne- have never w- either didn't know or just would never think to pick.
2: So joining so. us this week from the Empire State, my old stomping grounds, although in a completely different part of the state. Eric Norlander, welcome, Eric.
0: Thank you very much, guys.
2: Tell everyone the album you have selected and why you picked it.
0: So my selection is by a band named uh, Hank Dogs, and the album is Bareback. And and why'd you pick this record? So this is a record, I don't know if, if you guys remember, you know, back in the 90s, maybe it carried into the early 2000s, there was the uh, College Music Journal, oh, CMJ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And I subscribed to their magazine. They sent out a sampler with every issue. Every year, I think they had a, a festival in, you know, New York City. Um, and Hank Dogs was one of the bands featured on one of their samplers. And at the time, well, I don't know about at the time, but just in general, I've always enjoyed uh british music everything from the smiths on through you know what have you and uh uh, british folk was something i think around that time i had discovered through some you know music friends nick drake and things like that and so when i heard the hank dogs for the first time it just fell right into that pocket and it just you know I found it really captivating, and I immediately sought out the album. And it's stuck with me since then.
2: Okay. Jay, had you heard the Hank Dogs previously?
3: No. And I have to say, like, it's interesting because the name and the album cover really don't clue you in. I mean, they clue you in, in, in into certain things that aren't necessarily 90s or... um. Location, you know, yeah, you kind of get a genre,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
3: but other than that, you don't get a whole lot of information uh, to the to the backstory that Eric just kind of went through with the band. So interesting.
2: Well, there's also an interesting aspect of this band, which is the lineup. So this is a three piece. It's uh, guitarist and singer Andy Allen. Um, his ex wife. Piano Pace is her name. She, does she is.
3: Play, does she play the piano um, on the album? <laughs> I,
0: <laughs> I would have to check the credits, but yeah. I, I, I hope I so. Them live. I saw them live twice in New York City in those days, and I, I don't remember piano playing the piano on stage. I hmm. kind of remember them standing there all singing, you know, in a, in a line next to each other, but uh, I'm not sure on the album.
2: Um, and then his daughter, Lily Ramona from a, from his ex-wife. And it's not piano's daughter. And she yeah. is the drummer, I believe. And she also everybody sings in this band. Wow. Um, uh, so yeah. <laughs> so she must, and then, so piano must be playing a number of different instruments. Like there's a lot of, there's, Uh, some stringed instruments and there's some piano and and um
3: yeah i'm just gonna observe the two women on the album cover look very similar (laughs) not related yeah (laughs) but they have the same kind of look
2: right dour english folk look is that what the well
3: well like same haircut Right. They like, yeah, like wear clothes.
2: To be fair, that picture, from what I've seen, it's a little like washed out a little bit. So the woman who's in the middle, you can't quite make out her features of her face. It's a little, you know what I mean? Like it's a little mm-hmm. bright. Sure. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> in the
3: photo, they could be sisters, is what twin sisters is what I'm saying.
0: Sure. <laughs>
3: For <From> the quality <laughs> I'm looking at here.
0: You know, uh, if I could just mention their second album, I think they only ever made two albums. I have right. them their their second album, Half Smile, I think it's called. The family picture on the cover of that has, I believe, what was then Andy and Piano's daughter themselves. Now, I don't know if that little child actually is on the album. Again, I don't remember, but she is on the album cover. So in between the two albums, they obviously had a kid of their own or maybe they had... The kid during bareback but she was not in the band
2: so this album came out we're talking about which is bareback came out in 1999 if you go to spotify it's incorrectly identified as a 2000 album so just so you're aware this album was produced by joe boyd joe boyd is an american producer who worked on albums by such artists as fairport convention richard thompson nick drake Sandy Denny, Billy Bragg, R.E.M., Pink Floyd. So a pretty, pretty, you know, long and very full career in terms of uh, being involved with many, many different artists, many of whom you could see why he would work with this art, with this, you know, group in comparison to some of the previous artists in his resume. And I didn't mention, but they were from uh, London, England. Let's get into some of the comments over at our Patreon page. Keith Sawyer says, Nice to see this pop up. Thumbs up, Eric. While it looks like a modern country LP from the cover, it's actually an impressively accurate Brit folk knockoff that wouldn't be out of place on a 70s era FM playlist. Some dark lyrical content content adds even more spice to the stew. Vocals are a little uneven, but don't distract from the quality of the overall package. Okay, so some positive comments there. Uh Steven Musinski said I gave it the old college try guys. I made it through the first six songs, which isn't even the halfway point on the album. That's true. It's 15 songs. Um and while I don't necessarily hate it by any means, this just this just is not scratching any itches for me? I'll listen to the review and hope y'all call out songs you liked most and then I'll go back and try again. And then Phil Fleming said I made it through the whole album. It did nothing for me. Jeremy Amen said Musically, I can't quite put a finger on exactly what they're reminding me of, but I hear a little bit of the Connells, Edie Brickell, Simon Garfunkel, Richard Thompson, name a few. I like some of the dark lyrics and there's some really nice acoustic guitar work in there as well. They just seem to be stuck in one gear. I understand they probably want to record something they could reproduce live, but it would have been nice to hear a little more adventurous production. Maybe some more keyboards, piano, maybe some more dynamics as the kids say. Also, I'm not usually one to complain about a long album, but they could have trimmed some fat here. I feel like if I heard this at the right time, I might be more open to enjoying it throughout, but it's just not seemingly like a worthy album yet. I'll give it a better EP. Of course, this is all coming from someone who thinks Godfather is a masterpiece. So maybe (laughs) I'm just full of shit. Also, hey, welcome, Jeremy. Jeremy's one of our latest folks to join our Patreon community. He joined us at the uh, 1950 level, which we greatly appreciate.
3: Jeremy's going to be picking a record. He is. No pressure. No pressure.
2: Um, And then we also need to welcome Chris. We have, uh, I think it's Chris Hill is is his name. Uh, At the $2 level, welcome Chris. Hope you get some comments in there on some future future episodes. And um, we might be hearing, I'm just going to say, we might be hearing from Jeremy soon because Jeremy had a lot to say about our next roundtable. And yep. I, I told him, dude, you told me s- you, you, you wrote so much. I'm not going to repeat all that. So just come on to the show and you can just say it all.
3: <laughs> That's the way to get yourself on the show to write you can... a long comment.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: Tim will be overwhelmed and just say, you know what?
2: I looked at it. I would have spent the first 20 minutes repeating all of his comments. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. I'm just going to have him come on yep. the show. To, to be honest, we like getting, for our, when we do our roundtables, we like to get, a patron on as well if well, we, we can we want to be
3: round nice and round we right. don't want a triangle sure we don't want a square we want a nice round table
2: exactly exactly let's get into this record bareback 1999 by hank dogs Jay, tell me one thing you liked about this record
3: I like the concept Um, I like the idea of You know, playing in this um, Acoustic Folky, a little bit Country You know, it's all the It's like splitting the difference between American folk Which has kind of become You know, some form of country music Or Flavor of that And then Maybe more European folk music. I think that idea is really, really cool. Um, I think there's some, uh, I like the vocals a lot. There's some really cool guitar work on the record, uh, mostly acoustic, but there are some mixed in guitar uh, electrics um, here and there. Conceptually, it's very consistent. Like they have a sound, they have a concept that they're going for. Um, they stay true to that. You know, the record is very much. You know if you listen to track one you get some different flavors here and there but for the most part they know who they want to be and they know the kind of record they want to make and their sound so i appreciate that so i I think conceptually it's it's really uh intriguing and well thought out and 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 put together like i think this is it feels like this is the kind of record they wanted to make and they were capable of making it and they were able to stick with it and make it um so from that i dig it
2: yeah one of the things i really like about this record is it is folk in the most traditional sense of it being yeah. traditional English folk and, and, mentioning Fairport convention and, and Richard Thompson and even stuff like pentangle and some other ones. It really draws on that sound, which when done well, which they do on parts of this record where there's like a darkness and the, and the harmonies work in tandem to give you this very dark sound that sometimes folk gets interpreted as sort of like kind of I don't know frolicking in this in a weird way. It's like yeah, a lot of st- yeah. strummy. Yeah. Probably I think people either show associate it with like this land is your land or or something like that, mm. which I understand is like a union. You know yeah. has origins in union, but it's been sort of co opted as a sing along campfire type song. Yeah, and. This draws to a much, you know, deeper and and you know some of these like uh, track two is is the one that like when I heard that song I was like oh this is this is not what I was expecting which is eighteen dogs which takes this perspective of like a uh, like an isolationist in the woods who's got his M sixteen anybody who comes out and messes with him he's gonna meet his dogs. Come oh on! It reminded me of some of the darker, like, Neil Young lyrics, having just done the Neil Young record for the 80s episode, um, like Powderfinger and, and some of that stuff. Or even uh, in listening to, there's obviously a connection to the alternative country music uh, scene that was happening in the United States in the, in the 90s. Listening to, like, some of the earlier first couple um, Uncle Tupelo records, there's some real, like, working class violence in those um, in those albums that can be you know connected to this. I was I really dug that because I'm not a huge folk fan. I can't say that I'm you know throwing on folk records all that often. So to hear it done in a way that's calling back to older sounds and and traditional sounds, but also modernizing it in a lot of ways is a, a real interesting combination that, um, I, I found myself intrigued by. So Eric, tell me about, uh, what works well for you on this record.
0: Yeah. I mean, certainly, uh, you know, I want to repeat that, that idea about the lyrics. It's definitely a, in many ways a darker record than again, if you go into it and you start to hear the acoustic guitars and you hear the harmonizing, you might think that, Oh, you know, I kind of know what to expect here. And then you get into the lyrical content, you know, with 18 dogs with, um, with bareback uh, you know, I think bareback it's kind of talking about uh, you know, basically prostitution. And uh, I just think it's, it's much richer and deeper upon listening to it and really getting into it. It's the kind of album that um, since I first heard it, I returned to it often. And it's one of those albums that I think has, uh, grown with me as I've moved from a 20-something year old to a 47-year-old, I can put that album on still to this day and find things in it. And I'm not needing it to be to to one of the commenters' statements. I don't need necessarily for it to be broader in its instrumentation. I don't need it to be more expansive in its sound. It has a, you know, a sound that is captivating, you know, all to its own right. And um, and there's so much going on in it from song to song, that, like I said, I just, I just uh, find it revealing in many ways throughout, you know, the the decades that I've listened to it. Yeah, I just, uh, I really think it's a beautiful record, and uh, and and haunting.
2: I'll be upfront. I haven't listened to much folk, so referencing like. Fairport Convention and Richard Thompson. I, I probably know like one song by those artists. Are, are you familiar with some of the the influences that have been pointed out by both our patrons? And I've I've read that in, you know like all and music I, and stuff
0: as well. Yeah, no, I I am. You know, I I uh, Richard Thompson. I, you know, I probably own a couple of things. Um, Fairport. I know more through the connection of discovering them, you know, through the broadening uh, interest in the British folk. But, uh, but yeah, it's definitely in that vein and those bands and those artists um, certainly also write in those genres. And, and with that lyrical bent, you know, not everything is. So I think something you said earlier, you know, lightness Mm -hmm. and, 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 uh, happiness you know which is i think what a lot of people assume folk means uh but um yeah i I definitely have a familiarity with those other acts and some of them honestly i came to through uh the broadening interest in bands like hank dogs and then you know elsewhere
2: gotcha i will say based on what jeremy said i i like the amount of other instrumentation that happens like i feel like it's the right amount of stuff there's one song that has a little bit of piano there's one song that has a little uh sun explodes has a nice little violin to counter um his singing the the gentleman sings on that song
0: and on that one um
2: reunion has a little bit of slide guitar at the end and then there's, I'm not sure if it's a harmonica or what it is, but there's there's that going on in parts of that song.
0: Well, even the um, the Spanish horns that kick off their back, that comes, you know, that's the fourth song on the record. And when that kicks in, you know, it's almost shocking because you've kind of been used to the right. sound of the first three songs. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I When that happened, I was like, I don't know where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That that's was totally feeling. unexpected. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, I like that. I know, uh, I know. Um, Jay doesn't like horns, so that probably irked him. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I,
3: I, I, hmm. I don't like uh, horns that just are there for, to be there. Gotcha. If they have a point, which in that song they do. Gotcha.
2: Um, I also think, you know, we've listened to a lot of records we've listened to a lot of guitar records hearing the quality of the finger picking going on is really something to like d- dig into. Like I'm an angel has some really amazing finger picking that's going on yeah. in that song.
1: Getting drawn in. For if all I've seen and felt is true Why do I feel this way for you? Do I take you as a fighter Despite your reputation I'm an angel By comparison Getting drawn in So much i
2: Those are the songs that work better for me. There's a couple of songs where it's sort of just like strummed chords. And that to me sounds like, well, any any band can be doing that. That's not where my interest lays with, with this band. This, this band's high points for me are when they're doing really nice harmonies and when they're doing some really intricate finger picking, finger picking because... To be honest, those are two things that most bands don't pull off. Is is that level of guitarmanship, doing the harmonies well. So when they do that, that's that's like the sweet spot for me. Um, I didn't pick up. Maybe I need to listen a little closer. But I didn't really pick up a lot of. Was did you pick up clean guitar like clean electric, Jay? I, I didn't notice that. I thought maybe they're using like different strings like nil, or nylon versus steel to get different sounds yeah by. i
3: thought i heard some just like it could have been yeah just a different way of miking up the acoustic
0: did you say that you saw them live eric yeah i saw them i believe it was twice at fez under the time cafe uh on lafayette street in in, in new york city you guys were you there you living in Manhattan, I, I know you mentioned. No, I
2: grew up in I grew up in Buffalo, so I was on the other oh, side of the state. So
0: stomping grounds, you meant the state? Okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> no, I went. To, actually, went to see the CMJ festival in '97, uh, but I didn't make it to that particular location. Um, okay. And it would have been before they were there. So were they all acoustic live or did they play, have an electric guitar live? Do you remember?
0: Yeah. I mean, you're asking me to go back, you know, 20 years. Um, yes. I, instantly
2: I, recall that, please. Yes,
0: I know. <laughs> I it was just the three of them. They brought no other musicians with them. So it's not like they brought backing musicians to help them round out the sound in any way. Yeah. Um, but I do not remember if Andy was switching between an electric on a couple of songs and and an acoustic. I just honestly don't remember.
3: That's right. Like in a uh, lucky break, I heard a little bit of a electric, but it's more like leady kind of stuff.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. So have are, are there songs over time? You mentioned that this is something that you pick up, you know, on occasion. Has has the album shifted in any way for you? Are there particular songs that you were drawn to at the start that have maybe worked their way in or out of favor uh, over time or different things that you've grown to appreciate about the album
0: um yeah I, I was kind of trying to write down a few notes I mean the I I do agree and I think the album the, the one area that the album suffers for me is that it suffers from that CD you know that and I know that CDs were already around for what 10 15 years before this album but a lot of albums from that time period put way too much content on the CDs, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I do agree that 15 songs, you're like, Oh my God, this album's, you know, really long. But I I did write down that of the first nine songs, like the first seven, I mean, seven of the first nine songs are just to me. Awesome. You know, I, I think I could probably skip track three, let go and, uh, track six daddy's arms. But the other seven of those nine are just that, you know, they're just perfect in in my opinion. And, um, as far as if they, if it's shifted over time, I, I don't know. I mean, what captivated me about it? I think the thing that I feel fortunate with this record is that the same thing that captivated me then, you know, takes me back, uh, instantly, almost every time I put that album on. So I I think if anything, maybe to answer your question, the, the two songs that Andy sings, I don't know that I appreciated those as much back in the day. And now they kind of um, they shift the album almost in the same way, you know, when I mentioned the Spanish horns in, in Bareback, they, they shift the ground out from underneath the album in a way that's pleasing to hear. It almost takes you by surprise, you know, and, and it's a much peppier sound when his songs come on.
1: You're gonna get it. it around. You gonna run with it. You gonna shoot it down. Say so why if you don't want anything else? Would you not let me take back my own heart? Why 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 if you don't want anything else? Would you not let me take back my?
3: Yeah, I think Take Back My Own Heart is, it's a nice shift. Right. It has a little more tempo. His voice helps. Right. It's just a different melodic uh, sense to it as well than the rest of the record.
0: Can can I make a, draw a weird comparison with that song? That song is to me like, like Van Halen ending with Happy Trails. It yeah. just comes out of nowhere and it just, you know, brightens up. Whatever mood the rest of the album may have, you know, tried to convey upon you. Yeah, it's, it's like letting the the sunlight in from an album that that lyrically can be rather dark at times.
2: Wow, I did not see us factoring in
0: <laughs> Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> Come
2: unless, on, unless uh, David Lee Ross bluegrass version of "Ain't Talking About Love" was gonna <laughs> somehow make it into this discussion, I didn't think it was gonna. A, I agree with you. I think that last song is like it adds a really interesting twist because it's like an up tempo shuffle. He, it's got his vocal, but then the whole group is singing together. There are some dynamics to that song, which because of that up tempo shuffle, you can kind of play with dynamics a little bit more. It has a really strong chorus melody and hook to that song, so it's like it leaves you on a completely, almost a completely different note than what the record is at. But it's it kind of works. Um, cause it's picked up little things from here and there, you know, from throughout the record. So Jay, what doesn't work for you on the album? I know, um, Eric and others have mentioned the length. That's one thing that's definitely not working for me, but, uh, sure.
3: Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll go somewhere else. I, I question the production of the record and what the band does. Well, what the, what the concept is here. Um, in a way it it works because it it doesn't sound like an american production like all country it's not like produced like an all country record it's not produced like most americana records it's not produced like it doesn't sound like Mus- muscle shoals or like any kind of traditional folk or american you know bluegrass or country or anything like that it sounds to me british i guess or european like in the amount of like how the acoustics are used the reverb the like space it's very big sounding for an acoustic record Mm -hmm. um i question that because to me the power is in the lyrics and the the vocal and i think a lot of the uh, the attack on all the guitars is very distracting to me. With all the finger picking, which I, is great playing, but just when you're listening to it, I, f- I I struggle to get through the layers and all of the like sibilance around the guitar picking and space. They're they're panned really wide, you know, when you listen in headphones, and they're very upfront. And I found myself fighting to get through that to really like connect with the vocal. Uh, so I think what I I, I struggle with more as much with the length is just the production choice um, and not quite sure if it's the right, the right way to have produced this type of record.
2: That's interesting. I couldn't put my finger on it, but I think you nailed it where I had a hard time with the vocal sometime, not because I didn't think that the melody wasn't strong, but I just couldn't focus on it because there was like, you know, a bunch of harmonics were happening in yeah. One ear. Or... There's a lot of
3: pop popping. Like it's right. Because like, you're hearing bing, the bing, finger bing,
2: pop in the like... string when they're right. finger picking.
3: And it's mixed very loud. The guitars are very loud.
2: Yeah. Okay. That that makes sense now that you've you've uh,
3: sussed that out for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you would think about like maybe how this would have been produced, um, I, I was just saying in an American studio at the time, or even now. You know, the instruments would be softer and pulled back. The vocal would be really up front. You know, um, you'd really flip this around. It I think it would sound very different. Right. Uh, it may not, it may lose some of its character and some of its like, haunt, like the way it haunts and it sounds a little mysterious. You may lose some of that. So I'm not saying for sure it would be a better approach. I just, the way it is right now, struggle to connect with some of the things that I think are more success, more successful about the, the album and the band. Um, namely the lyrics and the vocals.
2: I agree with you. Cause when it, like, for example, 18 dogs, I, f- I find that song really fascinating, but I had to look the lyrics up online to be able to pick up everything that she was saying. Yeah. Because just the way that she was singing with the music being loud compared to the vocal, like you're saying, with, with the production, I didn't always n- know exactly what she was singing. So I actually had to go and go, Oh, okay. That's what, that's what the words are. Cause that I, was the one I was like, did she just say M
0: 16? What is she saying? Yeah. But doesn't that leave you with a, an interesting feeling when you listen to it though? I, I actually feel like that's one of the album's strengths is that it catches you. And then you have to say, wait a second, what did I just hear there? You know? And yeah. it, Makes it that much more intriguing. I'm not, to, to, to your point, I'm not sure that the power of the album would be what it is, at least in the way it affects me, if it were produced differently.
3: True. Yeah. I, and I, I don't know. I mean, there's certainly a, um, I think there would be some mystery that you could lose, you know, because you'd be going, I mean, literally going for a much more intimate production. You know, if you were to flip this around and just do it the way I'm describing, I mean, it becomes much more direct. And I don't – you're right. I don't know if that would serve overall. But the way it is right now, it's challenging, you know. Um, it it take, definitely takes some time to um, – you need to spend some time with it and get through the layers.
2: Well, and I think the other thing that's challenging, is, especially for – I'm not going to speak for you entirely. But for me is that I don't listen to a lot of folk. And this album is at sort of is, – is sort of in one gear. And when I listen to a lot of other music, there's a deliberate attempt to change gears. You know, you start with, you know, the typical, like, like the high fidel, you start out with the one song and then you raise the tempo and then you bring it back down, you cool it down. And there's a lot of that, like playing with, you know, slow songs and fast songs and mid tempo and that kind of stuff on albums. And there's a deliberate attempt to, to, to change things up. On those records yeah. a lot of rock records and mm-hmm. there's be, just by the nature of this genre of music there is no massive shift between songs yeah. so this i probably would have been less burned out if it had been 10 songs and i probably would have been able to focus more as opposed oh. to 15 songs because like at 10 songs then you're probably at a vinyl record, two sides, you know, twenty minutes a side. Right. At this point, at at fifteen songs, I was like, okay, did we need that one minute long track thirteen? Like, what was the point of that? That sort of thing. Like, I started questioning where were, why were things happening? Why was this song five minutes? Why couldn't it be three minutes? That sort of thing. That's, and I think I I think that's just because I'm a novice when it comes to folk. And especially very traditional folk, I'm not used to going through a record where I'm supposed to hone in so so specifically on lyrics because that's what's really driving the, the vocals and the lyrics, really driving the songs. There's, you know, a couple, not all the songs, but a, a number of the songs have some really interesting, you know, finger picking and, and instrumentation going on. But some of them are are pretty not challenging as far as the, the, the acoustic guitars so they're they're much more just strumming. So that's where I found myself like getting bogged down. I was like, I just I just needed fewer tracks to focus on, so that I could really
0: figure out what I liked about it and what I didn't. So I totally agree with you that that it it should have a few you know a couple less tracks um, on it from an album perspective. But I will say that I am grateful that given that they only ever made two records that you know between those two records there's an amount of songs that create at least a little bit of a catalog you know if if the album sure. had been 10 songs so you know 10 songs would certainly have served it in discussing it as a standalone album it would have served it better but as a band who only ever put out two records i appreciate you know if i were to just put both albums on back to back and just listen to it as a catalog i appreciate there's, that there's a couple of more songs in existence even though you know, they probably would have been better off as a band chopping them up into maybe three albums. So it looks
2: like Andy Allen was in a band before this called the Lightning Raiders, and then um, also another band called the Professionals, which was a punk rock band.
0: I've so, heard of them. The Professionals are, yeah, that they're, they're kind of contemporaries of the late 70s punk scene. Am, am I right in that?
2: I think so. I think there's actually some connection to the Sex Pistols with him.
0: That might be in Who Else Was In The Professionals.
2: Okay. I'm trying to re- I'm trying to remember or find that, in, that little
0: detail that I had. Yeah. In fact, that is what it is. Paul Cook was in The Professionals. Okay. Steve Jones, Steve, uh, Steve Jones was in The Professionals.
2: So that must have been after Sid Vicious died and the band was done. Yeah. 79 to 82. Yeah. Okay. So... I don't think we really need to go deep on why didn't this do well in the terms of radio or, or commercial in 1999. I'm trying to just fathom how this would, I mean, this would be on like college radio. Like you mentioned CMJ, they would, this would be something that CMJ would be interested in and would get pushed. But this is, I mean, you're talking about mainstream radio is pushing like Britney Spears and Korn and Creed and, (laughs) Right. There's no there's no room for this in any right. any way shape or form. Maybe NPR would be like the only place this would be getting any sort of play. I don't I don't know if they,
0: if they had lasted as a band for longer, I think that that would have been exactly where they would have found their audience, you know.
2: Right. I mean, these were on this was on Hannibal Records, which was actually the producer Joe Boyd. That was his record label. Was distributed by Reko Disc, and then their second record was Spin Art, which was mm-hmm. the uh, one of those like early labels that started doing like online stuff. Which they had a they put out a ton of different things, but they went down pretty quick. Let's talk about overall ratings on this record. We did get some votes. It was a split at worthy album and better EP on Patreon. So let's see where we end up. J were the album better EP or decent single?
3: I have an EP, uh, 18 Dogs, I like a lot, Bareback, I like a lot, both songs. Actually, 18 Dogs sounds to me a lot like uh, Lindsey Buckingham or Fleetwood Mac, She didn't. group we did not bring up. Mm. I like Sun Explodes, The Sea, and I like Take Back My Own Heart. Uh, to me, it's the most like Paul Simon-ish tune on here. Maybe more of his solo stuff. So yeah, I'm at a I'm at a solid EP.
2: Wow, we're at different songs. That's interesting. So I do yeah. I agree with you on 18 Dogs and Take Back My Own Heart as far as going for an EP. I like the intro song Lucky Break. I like Let Go. I like Quality Time and Thought Messages. So I'm at a six song EP would be my choice for this,
0: Eric. Yes,
2: <laughs> I'm gonna bet worthy album.
0: Is there anything you yeah, would – Yeah, but, but I will say – so so what in your criteria for EP, how many songs make up an EP? Oh.
3: Three.
2: <laughs> I would Wait, say – what? Th- th- you have to have a minimum of three songs for an EP. Like a single is like a is like a 45. Yeah, right? I, and a I, B-side. So what's
0: your max for calling it an EP? Mm, oh, man.
3: This is going to take a while.
0: Well, <laughs> we go by – s- I could, I could, So I guess my point is I could put together a 10-song album. Yep. But whether or not you would call that an EP or not, I'm not sure. No, no. I would say we if you t-
2: can do two 20 minute sides like a like a 70s album, right? That's probably that's you could do 40 minutes of music and that's an album,
3: right? And I'm I'm giving you a hard time because I think Tim and I have have uh, that's been our fourth option many times, right? Is, is a
0: 70s album, right? 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 You should you should enter that as a criteria because that <laughs> it does work, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, and it's funny cause I do agree that, that my, uh, my selection is, is somewhat the same, but like, I, I really don't have an affinity for let go, but I could do easily, you know, lucky break, 18 dogs, bareback. I'm an angel quality time, one from your head, thought messages. And then I would jump to the two Andy songs, sun explodes and take back. Uh, my own heart and maybe throw in the C and that would be a 10, 10 song album
2: and nice. if we'd started with that I'd be curious to see if our reactions were the same because I wonder if that was if, the record we were that yeah, was the record and if I felt like I got through it quickly and I went oh I want to go back and check that out again as a, as opposed to this record where I, f- I would listen to it and I'd be like I gotta listen to something else I gotta like cleanse my palate and start with something else I don't no. want to like immediately go back to that because it was 15 songs, and I was like, I'm a little worn out. Yep. So, right, not you know, not to say that the, mu- the music is of poor quality. It's just it was a lot to ingest at once, and I had to kind of think about it. So, two EPs and a worthy album for Bareback by the Hank Dogs. Um, Eric, thanks so much. For joining us for this and, and picking this record,
0: I already have my next ones lined up, so I'll, I'll be uh, I'll be tuning in. Nice, <laughs>
3: nice. Um, I want you. Remind... Don't think you're going to change it. <laughs> <laughs> no sh- Do you want to tell us now in case you change it?
0: Oh, I would. Why? Well, you know, there's no easy way to check. You don't have a master list of all the albums that you've done, have you? Like, yeah, uh, it's on the check website. I. To just kind of scroll through all the postings of the, but there's no like just page on Patreon. Yeah,
3: if if you go to the website and just go to the album uh, episode, uh, I'm sorry, album reviews, you can page through them.
0: Right, but I mean, it's not like you just have a listing.
3: Correct. No, it's like pictures and.
0: So I think you have yet to do in the airplane over the sea by Neutral Milk Hotel. Correct. Correct. It's been in some polls, but it's lost. That is, one of my top three desert islandists of all time and I've seen that band easily eight times in concert oh wow twice before they broke up so, you know so yay for me but uh <laughs> but then I saw them five or six times when they did the reunion tour a couple years ago so I would that would be my number one pick and uh and then second believe it or not other end of the spectrum I would do sound of perseverance by death that is the other end of the spectrum literally so <laughs> wow well, I was going to mention that the, when you were talking about bareback being kind of a similar sound and then even where the vocals were somewhat obscured by the playing, I was going to say, but isn't that what some of the best black metal is like? So uh, I, I am kind of all over the spectrum, guys.
3: <laughs> Good. That's all right. So are <laughs> That's what we. this show's about? Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. But those would be so certainly neutral milk hotel and then death. So keep it up so I can get both of those in at some point.
2: Oh, we're not going anywhere. Don't worry. Good. We're contractually Good. obligated through uh, 2030.
0: So. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. Well, thank you so much for having me. Well, thanks,
2: not only for uh, you know joining us, but also for supporting the podcast. Of we, course, we could not be doing it without you. So, uh, with uh, also without all the other people at Patreon who uh, helped this thing go. Uh, like I mentioned at the top, we had some new uh, subscribers, and uh, you can join us by. Go into dmounion.com to um, support the podcast. Join the union, get some cool stuff, make your voice heard, and of course, you can help us out by leaving leaving positive feedback over at iTunes. Jay, I received an email earlier today that said we are number thirteen hundred <laughs> in the podcast rankings somewhere. So all somewhere. this work is paying off.
3: What does somewhere mean?
2: I don't know. It was it was somebody somebody saying something about. Uh, you know, hey, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, number thirteen hundred on the Apple Podcasts music chart.
3: So, oh okay, there you go. That's the only, honestly. That's the only list that that actually matters. <laughs> and you know how you get ranked higher? Reviews. Go give us a review. Reviews.
2: Yep. Help us move into the into the three digits. We want to get out of the four digits and into three digits.
3: I guarantee the top thousand are all, like, EDM. EDM. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep. We're going cu- to change the name of the podcast to Dig Me Out EDM. I know. Just to fool people into listening to it.
3: And if you, yeah, just put a segment in the middle of a good, like, 30 minutes of just, well, you have an electronic music project. Just insert your some of your own music in, okay. in the middle of it and just call it EDM podcast, and I guarantee our rankings will go up. <laughs> Perfect.
2: You I didn't love... hear the
0: during bareback?
2: <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Here's my EDM <laughs> remix of uh, <laughs> Daddy's Arms.
3: For those of you who actually care about the episode, skip to 22 minutes and 34 seconds. Thank you.
2: <laughs> Thank you. All right. For Jay, I'm Tim. We're out and we'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out.
0: Thanks for listening. To support the podcast, visit www.patreon.com forward slash Me out and become a monthly subscriber at www.digmeoutpodcast.com, where you can find links to our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages, as well as our merchandise store at zazzle.com.
1: Kissing crowded room. It's your life, do as you please.